Dear Father in heaven, thank you, Father, for your goodness and love and mercy that you have shown to us. We long, Lord, to be like our Savior Jesus Christ, and we ask that these moments spent in our devotion, fellowshipping with you, shall be a means for us to attain more and more to the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grant us the heavenly and spiritual food that will strengthen us and edify us for our journey to Canaan. We pray, Father, for the gift of your Spirit upon all of us, that you will help us to rightly divide the word of truth, to understand the lessons that you have kept for us, that you may cut us off from attachment to the things of this world and rather have our treasures in heaven preparing for your coming. Grant me of your spirit and put your words in my mouth. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, October 20. What lack I? And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Luke chapter 18, verse 18. The young man who asked Jesus what he should do that he might have eternal life was answered, Keep the commandments. The character of God is expressed in his law, and in order for you to be in harmony with God, the principles of his law must be the spring of your every action. To the words, keep the commandments, the young man answered, which? Christ was speaking of the law given from Sinai. He mentioned several commandments from the second table of the Decalogue. The young man answered without hesitation. All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? His conception of the law was external and superficial. Judged by a human standard, he had preserved an unblemished character. To a great degree, his outward life had been free from guilt. He verily thought that his obedience had been without a flaw. Yet, he had a secret fear that all was not right with his soul and God. This prompted the question, What lack I yet? If thou wilt be perfect, Christ said, Go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. The lover of self is a transgressor of the law. This Jesus desired to reveal to the young man, and he gave him a test that would make manifest the selfishness of his heart. He showed him the plague spot in his character. The young man desired no further enlightenment. He had cherished an idol in the soul. The world was his God. He professed to have kept the commandments, but he was 
destitute of the principle which is the very spirit and life of them all. He did not possess true love for God or man. This want was the want of everything that would qualify him to enter the kingdom of heaven. In his love of self and worldly gain, he was out of harmony with the principles of heaven. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is What Lack I? And well may we ask ourselves today the same question like this man, What Lack I? What is it that is stopping you from entering into eternal life? Some of us are so close but yet so far just because of one thing we lack. And that was the question that was troubling this man's mind. What lack I yet? In the book of Matthew 19 from verse 16 and 17, it tells us something that we may lack. It says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may inherit, that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Amen. In the book of Mark 10 verse 17, it says it this way, And when he was gone forth into the way, then came there came one running and kneeled to him. This man, this rich young ruler, he kneeled to Jesus and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? The book of Luke 18 verse 18 then tells us an added information about him. It says, And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So, it's only the book of Luke that tells us this is not just a mere person walking around the streets, just a businessman, no? It says, A certain ruler. That's what it says. Now, this reminds me of another rich ruler who we just studied about some days ago. John 3 verse 1 says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. You see, Nicodemus was also a ruler. Like Nicodemus, this Jewish ruler wanted to know the good thing to do that will lead us to the kingdom of God, which is the same thing about having eternal life. Is the same thing as having eternal life. When Nicodemus asked this question, Jesus told him about being born again. John 3 verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. But this ruler asks Jesus. Jesus referred him plainly to the commandments. In Matthew 19 verse 17, he says, But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. And Jesus continued and said, he said unto him, the, the, the passage continues and says, He said unto him, which Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man said unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up, what lack I yet? Reading from Conflict and Courage, page 299, paragraph 7, we are told 
the young man desired no further enlightenment. He had cherished an idol in the soul. The world was his God. He professed to have kept the commandments, but he was destitute. Hear this now. This is what our focus is on. He was destitute of the principle, which is the very spirit and life of them all. He did not possess true love for God or man. This was the want of everything that would qualify him to enter the kingdom of heaven. In his love of self and worldly gain, he was out of harmony with the principles of heaven." End of quote. Let us look at the case of this ruler who encountered the truth and his response to it. The social status of this man may not be our state, but that is not the main thing. The state of the man is as described in the words I just read. He was destitute of the spirit which is the very spirit of the principle which is the very spirit and life of them all he did not possess true love for god or man this want was the want of everything that would qualify him to enter the kingdom of heaven end of quote you may not be rich you may not be a ruler you may be poor, you may be an average person, but you may very well be like this man in that you you are destitute of the principle which is the very spirit of the life of that commandment of God. Many there are who are in this state. They know the law but are destitute of his spirit. What is the spirit of the law? It is love for God and love for man. It is selflessness. Selflessness simply means that we do things in such a way as not to please self, but we love God and do all things in his best interest, and we love our fellow men and will do only those things that promote their interest. But if this is the case, why did Jesus not say to him, you have no love for God and man? Jesus didn't need to because he already did so by referring him to the commandments. Psalm 119 verse 96 says, I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. Today many are asking the same question as this man, and he who is the way, the truth, and the life will not give a different answer. He will say to us when we ask the question, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? The answer is still the same as it was when this man asked Jesus. Jesus said to him, keep the commandments. Many Christians today believe that the commandments of God are irrelevant or that they have been done away with, but they are speaking by another spirit, not the spirit of Jesus. The Bible says in the book of 1 John 4 verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but test the spirits whether they be of God. We just studied about the Holy Spirit not long ago and saw that how we know the Holy Spirit is speaking is that he will bring to our minds things that are in harmony with what Jesus had said previously. John 14 verse 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you of all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. And verse 13 says, Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show unto you things to come. So if we must test the Spirit to know whether it is of God, the person ought to tell us not things of himself, but things which is in harmony with what Jesus said. And what did Jesus say is the way to have eternal life? Let us face the truth. He said it. 
he said keep the commandments and we will understand why as we go on in another place jesus said concerning the same commandments matthew 5 17 to 19 do not think that i have come to abolish the law or the prophets I have not come to abolish these things but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke of a letter will pass from the law until everything takes place. So anyone who breaks one of the least of these commands and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever obeys them and teaches others to do so will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now. If there was one person who understood the connection between the keeping of the commandments, love for God and for man, and its connection to the Holy Spirit and eternal life, it was the apostle of Jesus known as John the Beloved. John was shown mind-blowing events while on the Isle of Patmos. But in that vision, there was one thing that stood out for him which became the theme of his messages. He saw the distinguishing characteristics of those who will have eternal life. And it was no different from what Jesus said to this rich young ruler. He saw that the distinguishing mark that will set God's people aside and will give them a right to eternal life is just what Jesus told the ruler. He saw it keep the commandments that is the separating distinction between those who will get life and those who won't he saw in revelation 22 verse 14 where it was said blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city and in revelation 12 verse 17 he wrote and the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Revelation chapter 14 verse 12, it says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Three times this is recorded in that vision given to him by his Lord. John knew the Lord that love is the center of the law. As far as I can see, this was his motivation for writing so pointedly about the connection between the law, eternal life, knowing God, the Holy Spirit, and love being the outworking of the law. Do you also want to know what you must do to get eternal life, which we all really need? There you have your answer. Keep the commandments. But many of us will say, are we not saved by grace? Yes, we are. But then, what is grace? Titus chapter 2 verse 12 tells us, It is the power given to us to become godly. And there is no godliness outside the law. The purpose of the law is to tell us a standard of what holiness and godliness looks like. But let us dive deeper to understand what it means to keep the commandments and why it is the only way to have eternal life. When we look at the book of John chapter 13 verse 34 and 35, Jesus spoke to his disciples telling them this, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Remember that what that rich young ruler lacked is the spirit of the law. And what is the spirit of the law? It is love. Now, Jesus is saying the new commandment is love. 
so what is this love that Jesus is referring to and how come he's calling it a new commandment? Romans 13 verse 8 to 10 tells us what love means. It says, Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Amen. So when Jesus says a new commandment I give unto you that you should love, what is he actually saying? He's saying, I am teaching you now a new way to approach these ten commandments. Approach it understanding not the letter of it but the spirit of it behind this ten commandments is the foundation motivated by self-sacrificial love maybe like the rich young ruler you could say concerning the commandments all this have i kept from my youth up what lack i yet because you are externally superficially keeping the commandments but you lack love the spirit of the lord that will make you understand the depth of the commandments of god which we'll get into in a bit so how does god show his love for us jesus love to us is shown on the cross first john 4 verse 9 and 10 tells us in this was manifested the love of god towards us because that god sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him herein is love not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and has and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. And this love, I say now, was because of my sins and yours too. His death is because of the law that was broken by me and you. I am condemned and ought not to have eternal life, but Jesus paid the price for me and for you that we may have a second chance at life. So how am I to respond to this love so gracious and wonderful? By breaking the law again and again? No, not at all. John, whose heart was so imbued with a sense of this love, was the only one who recorded this response of this love. The Holy Spirit brought to his remembrance how Jesus said we are to show our love for him. And here now, this is how John 14 verse 15 to 17 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. That's how. And he goes on to say, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that you may abide with you, that he may abide with you forever. John 14 verse 17 then says, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Amen. We also see from what we just read, that the Holy Spirit that is given is on condition that we obey the commandments. That will say, if you love me, keep my commandments, then I will pray the Father and he will give you the Holy Spirit. The world cannot receive the Holy Spirit because they live in disobedience to God. Do you want to have eternal life? We must have the Spirit of the law, which is love. Our love to God is shown in keeping his commandments and whosoever will enter into life must have love revealed by a life in harmony with the law of God. Remember when Jesus said, A new commandment give I unto you? John was the one who recorded it. And to clarify it very well, he wrote in the book of 1 John chapter 2, reading from verse 7, he said, My little children, 
I write unto you no new commandment, but the commandment which you have received from the beginning. And he called it an old commandment. He says, the old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. And then he says in verse 8 again, a new commandment write I unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the light now shineth. Why did he call it a new commandment? He says, I'm not writing any new commandment to you. But then I'm writing a new commandment to you. Why? Because it has been there since. It's the same one you had from the beginning. But because you don't know it, that's why I'm calling it a new commandment. You have to approach it from another perspective, from the perspective of love. That is what the commandments is about. Too many people today are saying that the commandments was done away with and replaced with the commandment of loving one another. Well, you are not right. The love that is being referred to is the same old commandment. It's just the approach or the understanding that we have of it. So let us go and let us now understand this thing about the commandment. John 17 verse 3 tells us, And this is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Remember, the rich young ruler was asking the question, what must I do to have eternal life? Now here we see another answer. Knowing God, that is life eternal. Knowing him and Jesus Christ. Let us see, is the Bible contradicting itself? Jesus said, it was Jesus himself who said, if you want to have life, keep the commandments. Now again, in John 17 verse 3, he's saying, this is life eternal. It is just to know God. Then, are there two ways to get eternal life? I can get it either by just knowing God and Jesus Christ, and then I can get it also by keeping the commandments. Two different routes. Let us see whether that's the case. From here, let us establish the fact eternal life is equal to knowing God or knowing Jesus. Alright, so since knowing God is quite an ambiguous term, let us unpack it and understand what it means to know God. Do we have two ways? Eternal life is the commandments. Eternal life is knowing God. Let us see. First John 2 verse 3 to 6 says, and hereby do we know that we know him if we keep his commandments he that saith i know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him whosoever abideth in him sinneth not whosoever sinneth that is first john 3 verse 6 now whosoever abideth in him sinneth not and whosoever sinneth hath not seen him neither known him so when when Jesus said, this is life eternal, that they might know God, what was he referring to? Clearly here, from 1 John 2 verse 3 and 4, it tells us that to know God is to keep his commandments. So we have established two things. Eternal life means to know God and knowing God means to keep his commandments. So what can we say then? It therefore means that eternal life comes back to what Jesus said to the rich young ruler. It means to keep the commandments because keeping the commandments is what it means to know God as we see in 1 John 2 verse 3 and 4. I take that passage again. Hereby do we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. Let us also recall, 1 John 4 verse 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. So what are we learning from here? It says that to love God is to know God. That's what we are learning. So, what does it mean to love God, knowing God? And remember that knowing God means 
to have to keep the commandments so we are coming back to that same thing that to love god is to keep his commandments second john chapter one of course has just one chapter from verse four to six says i rejoice greatly that i found of thy children walking in the truth as we have received the commandment from the father and now i beseech thee lady not as though I write, I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another, and this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. Amen. Second John 1 verse 6 this tells us, this is love, that we walk after his commandments and that is what jesus is tra- was trying to point the rich young ruler to and that is what he's pointing you to who are asking what must i do that i may have eternal life and jesus says one thing thou lackest love the keeping of the commandments of god motivated not just by a spirit to say oh i am clean or i want to have eternal life but motivated by love 1 John chapter 5, reading from verse 1 to 3, tells us, especially for verse 3, says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. No wonder Jesus said, If you will enter into life, keep the commandments. And said also, If you love me, keep my commandments. You see, the knowledge of God is a very important thing. Because, like we have seen, whosoever says, I know God, will keep his commandments. It is a lack of the knowledge of God that causes us to live a life of selfishness like this man, that rich young ruler. Jesus told him, go, sell all that thou hast and give to the poor. And he went away sorrowful. Why? Because he loved himself more than he loved others. He was keeping the law superficially. As far as I have not stolen, I have not killed, I have never committed adultery, I have not slept with any woman outside my wife, I am honoring my father and my mother, I go to church every day, I am worshipping only God, I don't have any other God, I don't use his name in vain. For him, using God's name in vain just meant uh, you shouldn't say, you shouldn't use his name for exclamations, something like that. And uh, for him, he feels, I don't tell lies and I am not looking at any other person's property. That was the superficial way this man understood the commandments. But we are going to understand the commandments in its spirit, the way of love now. That's what we are going to look at. In Romans 1 verse 28 to 32, it tells us what happens when we don't have the knowledge of God in us. It says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding, covenant breakers without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Do you see that part now? Unmerciful. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Amen. Unmerciful. Was this rich young ruler merciful? Of course not. Jesus was trying to show him a part of his life that he didn't understand. He felt he was keeping the commandments. But when he was told, go sell all that that, that thou hast and give to the poor and then follow me and you will have great reward. 
he went away. He didn't want to do that. As far as he's concerned, his money is his own and he feels he's not obligated by any means to give a dime to anybody. They don't deserve it and if he doesn't give to him, he has not sinned. And there are some of us who doesn't understand who don't understand that we think that as far as i didn't steal then i'm clear before god we don't know that we have responsibilities to those around us we'll look at that in subsequent devotions but what i want to point out from here is romans 1 verse 32 that tells us the spirit of the law knowing the judgment of god that they which do all these things i was just listed now are worthy of death but not only them but even those who have pleasure in day that do them the spirit of the law goes down to your motives and your thoughts even if you are not committing the sin itself as far as you have pleasure in it you didn't do it but you enjoyed seeing someone do it you enjoyed the results of sin then you are just as guilty and will receive the judgment of God as though you actually did it. So what is love about the commandments and how is there life in it? Love for God and man is what is expressed in the law and anything we do that affects the knowledge of God leads to death. Eternal life is to know God and to know God is to keep his commandments. So if we love our brethren, we will give them life. In other words, we will not lead them into anything that will cause them to disobey or turn away from God's commandments. We will do all we can for the blessing of our fellow men to put them in a position where they would have life. And like we just read now, if we do anything, if we just have pleasure in evil, then we are just as guilty. So let us understand the spirit of the law as Jesus explained it. After explaining that he didn't come to abolish the law but to fulfill it, he then proceeded to explain the spirit of the law, taking the sixth commandment, he said in Matthew 5, verse 21 and 22. You have heard that it was said to an older generation, do not murder, and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I say unto you that anyone who is angry with a brother without cause will be subjected to judgment, and whosoever says to his brother Raka will be in danger of the of the council, and whosoever says thou fool will be in danger of hellfire. Now, do you see the spirit of the law? I have not killed. This is the what the man didn't understand. He feels like I have never killed anybody. But how about anger? Jesus says, if you are angry without a cause, then you are just as bad as the person who kills. How many of us have been angry without a cause and yet do not feel condemned by the law? Anger itself is not sin, except it leads to sin. But anger itself, in and of itself, is a sin when the cause of the anger is unjustified. The Jews were angry without a cause when Stephen spoke and they were cut to the heart and tightened their jaw in anger and stoned him to death. Nebuchadnezzar too, with the three Hebrew boys and Cain was also angry with Abel's righteousness and murdered him. 1 John 3 verse 11 and 12 tells us, For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him, because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Hmm. Are you disgusted and irritated at the righteousness of people? You have already sinned by being disgusted. Even if you didn't say a word, that anger that is without a cause is sin. But then, 
there is the anger that is justified. The Bible says in Psalm 7 verse 11, God judges the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every day. But this anger is not to lead us to sin by saying wrong words or performing wrong acts. Ephesians 4 verse 26 tells us, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Amen. You see here, from just this example, the spirit of the law is summarized in the, in the when Jesus says love. You will not love your brother and be angry with the righteous. It's not possible. This man who was a rich young ruler understood the superficial part of the law. He hasn't taken the life of anyone. But then, if he understood the spiritual nature of the law, that is the depth of it that says you should love, then we will understand that love means that we should not be angry with anybody without a cause. It also means that we will not do anything to someone that we know will not give them life. Because that is what the law is about. It's about promoting the good of your brethren and promoting the good of God. This rich young ruler would know that there is something he could do that will be in the best interest of people to give them eternal life. But he wouldn't do it and in his mind he will feel like he has not sinned. He knows that there are things he could do to give life to someone but he wouldn't do it. And what kind of life am I referring to? I'm not talking of food here. I'm talking of giving them the true life, which is the knowledge of God, the keeping of the commandments. But he will feel like it is not a sin for him to avoid doing that. We must understand the spiritual nature of the law. If you do anything at all to lead someone into sin or not to assist someone to know God when you have it in your power to do so, then you are just as guilty as this rich young ruler. The Lord is calling us to understand the spiritual nature of his law and to render obedience to him in that vein. We, if we want to understand the spiritual nature of the law, it is going to be clearly summarized in what I am about to read now. From the book Acts of the Apostles, page 424, paragraph 1, it says, What the hands may do, or the tongue may utter, what the outer life reveals, but imperfectly shows man's moral character. The law searches his thoughts, motives, and purposes. The dark passions that lie hidden from the sight of men, the jealousy, hatred, lust, and ambition, the evil deeds meditated upon in the dark recesses of the soul, yet never executed for want of opportunity, all these God's law condemns. End of quote. Amen. In the, and when you understand this, that the law is not just about what you say with your mouth and what you do with your hands. It goes down to search your thoughts, your motives, and your purposes. And then you will understand why Jesus said, Whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery already with her in his heart. These were the parts of the law that this rich young ruler did not understand. He feels, I have not slept with any woman forgetting that as far as he's cherishing the thoughts in his mind, he is just as guilty. Many of us will sit down and watch the movies and you are happy when a man kills another man. You are just as guilty because you had pleasure in killing. When you watch those movies where they are stealing and you have no problem with it, one man is sleeping with another lady who is not his own wife and they are getting romantic and you are happy seeing what you are seeing, your heart is not against it, you are against the law. 
you are already sinning against God because you are taking pleasure in it. The motive of your heart, the thoughts of your heart is already cherishing the evil. All that is lacking is a wonderful opportunity for you to do that evil. You are just as guilty as the person who is doing it. Romans 1 verse 32, knowing the judgment of God that they which do such things are worthy of death, but not only do the same, but even you who have pleasure in those things, you are just as worthy of the same death you are committing the same sin that is the spirit of the law it goes down to our motives our purposes and our thoughts and we must be purified of all filthiness not just of the flesh but of the spirit and perfect holiness in the fear of god the lord alone can do this for us and that's why we are called to look towards the cross Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest to your souls. The rich young ruler did not find rest, he left sorrowfully. We should not live sorrowfully as the law is being explained to us, as we are seeing that the law of God touches your plate, it touches your dress, it touches your thoughts, it touches your entertainment, what you are watching on your phone, it touches all those things. Will you go away sorrowfully too? Will you go away now that you are hearing the word of God, going into the nitty gritties of your life, into the innermost part of your belly and your mind and it's cutting off from you various things that you hold on to so dearly? Are you going to go away sorrowfully because you cannot give up the movies or the dress or the food or you cannot give up your pleasures that you find in the entertainment? Are you going to go away sorrowfully or will you stay with the Lord? May the Lord give us grace to respond to the love of God. Do you want eternal life? Perhaps you need to hear Jesus saying to you, One thing thou lackest, it is the Spirit of the law. If you must have life, you must keep the commandments. We all must do it. And if we must have the Holy Spirit, we must love God and keep His commandments and work to see that others do the same. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for your words spoken to us today and I pray Lord that these words shall bless the souls of all of us and those who are listening. The words imperfectly spoken, I pray Father that your spirit shall give it the perfection in the minds of those who are hearing it and that it shall work righteousness and transformation and conversion in our lives that we may respond positively to it that we may understand the spiritual nature of your law and be motivated by love to keep your commandments that we may have eternal life. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Something out there to fill the void within him. Oh, where, oh, where? Everything he gathered, he had made by himself. Oh, so we always had
Peace. 